So hello and welcome to the 13th episode of the Living the Dream podcast, a podcast for real estate agents that discusses strategies to grow your business to its maximum potential, while at the same time making sure that you're in control of your career and have the time to live a balanced life. So I'm Linus Kilius, Head of Business Development at Homania. With me as always is the co-host of the podcast and broker and general manager of Century 21 Heritage Group, Aaron Richardson. Aaron, it's been a while since we've done one of these. How, how, how you been doing? Good. Super busy. Um, everything's going crazy, right? The world's going crazy. Our business has uh, taken off and we thought there was going to be a little downturn and it shot up again and it's kind of all over the place right now. So we've been uh, extremely busy at the brokerage level, and but super excited to have Jazz on today. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, so speaking speaking of jazz, we've got an amazing guest on the show today, and uh, w- one thing we want to talk about on the show today is is actually success. Now, like everyone wants to be successful, right? Like that's what moms and dads around the world have been hammering into their children for since the dawn of time. Uh, one of the big questions is, what is success? Is it financial success? Can you measure success in dollars? I don't know, maybe. You, what about happiness? Can you measure? It's harder to measure happiness, but if you're happy with yourself and the life you lead, is that success? I don't know. But you know what? I might not know how to measure it or how to even define it, but I know someone who is successful, and that's the guest on our show today, Jazz Takar, one of the liveliest people you're ever going to meet. He's always full of energy. He's got incredible personality. He's really personal as well. And I honestly think he has life figured out. He's been in the real estate industry for somewhere around 16 years or so, I've heard. He's the owner of REC Canada, a real estate center for sales and consultation with a team of over 50 people. Correct me if I'm wrong again, Jazz. He's an author, a podcast host, a real estate investor. Damn, Jazz. Is there anything you don't do? Welcome to the show, bud. Well, thank you for having me, first and foremost, and great job with the introduction, but you left something out for the listeners. They can't oh, see no. it. I'm a good-looking guy, too. Like you, just, <laughs> you did leave that part out. You did leave that part out. I do appreciate, again, you having me. Thank you so much for the kind words. Um, but yeah, you were bang on there, Linus. I mean, uh, uh, 50, 50 realtors uh, on our team, uh, myself and my business partner. And 11 support staff, uh, 16 years uh, in the real estate business, but uh, uh, really the industry that I owe everything to, and real estate is, is, is a huge part of my life and has been a huge part. But for me, it's, it's the sales industry that I've been part of now for 26 years. You know, I was that kid at six and seven putting up my hand and saying, eager to just be part of the book fair, the the bake sale, or or go knock on doors to sell Christmas ornaments. Um, I think looking back, a lot of it had to do with the fact I just want to get out of class uh, because I just didn't learn that <laughs> way. That that wasn't my style. Um, but yeah, first paying job was was uh, uh, a traditional newspaper route, and I I got addicted. Like it was the best drug for me in the world. I got addicted to uh, working and kind of getting paid to like make friends. It was kind of cool for me. At a, like I understood it at a very young age. So for me, I mean, I owe so much to the sales industry. It's the only job, uh, quote unquote, off that I've ever had. I've never done anything else. In fact, even till this day, I think, I think I, like, I, I'm okay to say, and I'm self-aware enough to say that I probably suck at 97% of things, but it's those three, it's that 3% that, that, Ability to connect with people that 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 wanting to influence people in in, in a very ethical way, right? Um, I just love it. I, I I love meeting new people, finding out what their motivation is, um, and seeing how I can bring value. 
Yeah, it's good to be self-aware. And I feel like a lot of people don't have that or take a long time to develop that skill, right? To like know where their strengths are. Like just the fact that you said, I, I suck at 97% of things and I'm amazing at the other 3% is awesome to hear. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't mean that from like, like an egotistical perspective, right? Like I, I know, in fact, look, I would be an idiot if I didn't pick up on some patterns along the way of these past 26 years, right? Like I kind of understand, hey, you meet somebody, if you put on a smile, chances are you're going to brighten their day as well, right? You might not change their life, and that's not what I'm trying to do with every single person at every single time. But look, I might brighten someone's day, and it might make it a little bit easier for them to want for them to possibly want to do business with me, right? So that's a pattern that I picked on very, very early on, probably from the third door that I knocked on when I was when I was selling newspapers, right? Um, but I also now know that like there's a bunch of shelves behind me here, like. Don't, everyone around my team knows don't put a hammer in Jazz's hands. Like I have no clue what the heck I'm doing with it. It's not who 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 I am. But that helps me so much because you mentioned investor. I think first and foremost, that's what I am in the real estate world. Like I like to invest into properties, but I don't go and do the flips. So when somebody brings a flip to me and I know a tons of clients, hundreds, if not thousands of clients that have made millions of dollars on flips. But for me, I know that's probably going to get me in trouble because I just don't have the stomach for it. I'm not the guy who's going to go and fix stuff. So I go do the boring, watching paint dry, watching grass grow type of investments, build, you know, purchase a new build and, and just watch that thing grow and then rent out a little 500 square foot condo. Is it making me the returns that someone on a flip is uh, uh, earning? No, but it, I know myself, right? So, you know, you said it yourself, Linus. I mean, I, like being self-aware has really, you know, I don't know if you guys ever watched that game Price is Right, that one of the games in Price is Right was that Plinko chip. And, you know, you drop it from the top and you see it go all over the place. Like being self-aware is being at the top of that Plinko board, right? And and just it, it gives you so much clarity. It does for me anyways. Would you, would you, say, would you say investment um, very much because I was going to ask you a question about investment. What would you, you know, given the market conditions and the and the price of homes and everything that's gone up so much, you know, uh, should I buy on a high? Everybody tells me to buy on a low, right? So, um, but you had said something that kind of struck a chord too. Is it more about the investor as as what they get into as much as the investment? You know, oh, should, for sure. Right. Um, and and like you said, I mean, you're not buying necessarily fix fix up on flips. Is that an industry right now that's, you know, not a lot of people are going into because of the price, but maybe it's a great time to get into it because it is going up so much. Like, where do you see currently the market? And if you were going to, you know, give some suggestions of something to look at right now based on the current market conditions, what would that be? And if look, you can I'll, add another Price is Right metaphor, that'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try. I'll yeah. try. I'll try. Look, I mean, I'm I, I'm no Bob Barker in terms of um, picking what the 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 price is going to be. I tried there for you, Linus. I'm still. I, I, I just leave. I, that I know one you're with trying me. so hard. <laughs> um, look, uh, to your point. Uh, sorry, to your question, Aaron. I think uh, first and foremost, as an investor, and again, this is my opinion. Um, my team and I help a little over 650 buyers sell 
dollars in investors every year. I'm not telling anybody who's watching or listening uh, uh, to impress them by any means, more to impress upon them where the data is coming from, where my where my opinions are coming from. And out of that 650, I'm going to say it's safe to say that about 300 are with investors and all types of investors. And what I speak to them about, and 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 you know the 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 20 to 23 pieces of content that I put out on a daily basis on all the platforms, I speak about long-term wealth creation and having real estate being that vehicle for you because in the GTA, the greater Toronto area, so for your out of uh, province and out of country viewers and listeners, that's a 50 mile slash 75 kilometer radius, right? We have approximately 6.6 million people here. We have about a couple of hundred thousand people coming year over year for the next 10 years. So it's safe to say, even with the lockdown that we're currently in at the time of this recording, it's safe to say we're going to have close to 2 million people in the greater Toronto area. Now, with that many people coming, there's one thing that the government hasn't figured out. And this is not a political rant. In fact, like I, I, I don't even envy them for the problem that we have, which is on the supply side. We just don't have enough inventory on the market, but more importantly, coming on the market. Why? Because we're on this like real estate island. You can't build this, can't build to the south of us because we have the lake. Haven't figured out what Dubai has and be, be able to build on water. And then on the northern part of, of, of the greater Toronto area, we have what's called and known as the Greenbelt legislation. It, 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 it restricts builders to develop on this land. So now as an investor, it's quite simple and quite basic for me. There's a lot of people coming in, a lot of demand, but not a lot of supply. That will always, Economics 101, that will always drive prices high. I mean, we get the question all the time, and Aaron, I mean, you being a, a, a broker and a manager, you you know this, and I'm sure your, your colleagues speak about it all the time. Like, how long is this gonna go for? Well, this is gonna go for as long as people keep on coming here, right? Because if you look, and history being maybe our only teacher, but definitely the best teacher, for the past 10 years, sorry, for the past 100 years, big sample size, every decade, so every 10 years on average, prices double. So now having all this knowledge and having all this data, yes, you can chase that quick cash flow or, or, or the quick dollar in buying and flipping and then paying taxes on it. But to me, that's not wealth creation. Wealth creation consists of cash flow, passive appreciation, principal pay down, forced appreciation, like could you add an income suite, what could you do to the kitchen? And then number one, especially living in Canada, is tax strategies. What's the tax benefit? So if I do sell, yeah, I'm gonna be paying big, big time, like I'm gonna be paying big taxes. But if I hold on and just refinance my properties, it's the only legal way not to pay taxes, right? And so I'm, I'm always from the ilk of buying, renting out, holding on for with dear life <laughs> and 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 refinancing along the way is that the strategy for me, for everyone no not even close but it definitely works really well for me because i have a day job so i don't need a lot of cash flow to cover my expenses, my lifestyle. I mean, again, your listeners can't see, but you know, I wear a t-shirt and a hoodie every single day to work, right? And so, yes, being an investor and being a broker, I still get away with it. Um, but I don't have a fancy lifestyle, so so my 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 bills are covered with my day job. For me, it's all this long-term wealth that I'm gro I'm growing in my portfolio. Just to be a bit of a 
devil's advocate because I like to try and look at the other side of it too. Like, I know it's a very common question and it comes up all the time. Everyone's like, okay, well, it's going up, it's going up. There, there has to be a ceiling. And yeah, supply and demand makes sense, but eventually there, there becomes a cost of living issue. If uh, prices are outscaling, uh, just you know, standard cost of living like, increases, eventually you're going to get to a point where just people just can't live there anymore and, and things are going to have to come down to kind of match that, even though you have you know, issues with inventory, supply and demand and everything. Like, what do you, what, What's your argument for that side of the coin? Because I'm sure that's probably the most common argument against that you'd probably hear. Definitely, definitely. So what I think is going to start to happen, and we've already seen it in, again, downtown Toronto and, and, and maybe like a five to, t- I would call it like a 10 kilometer radius out of downtown Toronto, but we've seen it everywhere else in the world. Any major downtown area of, of a major city, Manhattan, London, Paris, Hong Kong, majority of the people who live there don't own, they rent. They're renters, right? That's why they pay rent. I mean, for for a a 500-square-foot condo in Manhattan right now, you're probably paying upwards of about $3,000 a month, right? Before the pandemic, a downtown Toronto condo, one bedroom, 500 square feet was already at $2,500. Now, we had this this, uh, splurge of people leaving downtown Toronto because they were scared about maybe living in condos and pressing buttons with other people in the elevators. We've already seen... A lot of people come back. So my my answer to your to your question there, Linus, would be yes, we're not gonna have as many people owning, but they're still gonna need to live downtown and and very close to transit because that's where all the jobs are. So most people will always wanna live close to where they work and definitely, you know, within a five hundred meter walk to, to a major transit hub, subway, go transit, some type of light rail transit. And so as long as you have renters you have people coming in, they won't be able to purchase, but they'll be able to to rent. They have to rent, right? And so and so as an investor, it's actually music to my ears. I love that a lot of like if interest rates even go up, like I mean right now now, a five-year fixed here in, here in Ontario, anyways, a five-year fixed mortgage, you can get for about 1.4, 1.5%. It's almost free. Uh, like fifth, I, I, About 12 years ago, I bought my first home, and I paid 4.5%. I left that bank like I robbed it. Like That's how happy I was at 4.5%. But as, as, as rates, even if they start to increase, it's actually great news as an investor because the, the, the guys and gals that were tenants thinking about purchasing, well, the cost of borrowing just increased. They can't purchase. So what do they do? They rent. Hence why for me, investing into real estate is by far one of, it is the, for me, the best vehicle to create wealth. Definitely. I love how one thing I've always been a proponent of too with real estate investments as opposed to other investments, not only can they appreciate and value themselves, but they can also work for you. Like, you know, you got the renters coming in, getting that fixed income coming in on a constant basis, right? So I've, I've always been a big proponent of that. I guess most people in real estate probably listening to this too are on the, of the same ilk as well. So just just to, uh, Aaron, do you have something you want to? Well, yeah, I was, I was going to, I wanted to find a little bit more about REC. Um, maybe get off uh, a little topic there with regards to investment and go into a different uh, you know category of the many things that you do. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing there. Yeah, so REC, um, it stands for Real Estate Center. It's a, uh, The full company is REC Canada, um, but it does stand for Real Estate Center. We want it to be cool and abbreviate it like the kids do everything um, a couple of years and we changed it to REC um, again it consists of 50 real estate agents covering that greater Toronto area we have 11 support staff which consists of 
admin staff along with uh, uh, my personal media squad that creates uh, uh, all the content. So about uh, 16 years ago to be exact, uh, there was a gentleman who I met who was one of the top real real estate brokers here in the city of Toronto. He also was a, a, a trainer, a sales trainer for brokerages as well. And um, I just happened to bump into him, life how life kind of works out. Saw so I was with a different company saw a fax uh, come through and you're anyone I guess under 30 is like what the heck is a fax um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah a fax came through it was like an email um, and it said free business development seminar and I, I I was I was just cutting into the business not making any money and I was like wow I see free like being of East Indian descent my mother negotiates over <laughs> apples back home I saw that word free I ran there and checked it out right away and and um, saw this guy speak and just just really resonated with him he owned this company uh, um, and I, I then became partner a few years later. Uh, I had a third partner came uh, and got involved with REC as well. And but the original founder passed away about three, almost four years. Uh, yeah, four years next month. Uh, he passed away, and so now it's myself, my current business partner, Simos, uh, and uh, we have the fifty agents and eleven support staff. And tell me about the training aspect of and coaching and, and what you're doing there. Yeah, you- look, I mean. Yeah, so I I wouldn't call myself like a real estate coach or any yeah. or a trainer of it, uh, of that sense. Um, not that there's anything wrong with those business models. Um, I'm just not one of them. I okay. I I truly want to just give back to the industry right now. Wow. And and again, not just the real estate industry. It's the sales industry because it's given me everything I have. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a kid from Rexdale. It's a northern part of uh, Toronto. You don't get a, you don't have a lot of people to look up to. Luckily, in my house, though, two older brothers, uh, 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 my father and mother, taxi driver father, factory worker mother, like I just saw them work really hard. And we had a very close-knit family, and we still do. Lots of love. Like I'm the youngest. Um, And so that's always a healthy reminder when you have two older brothers that you're closer to the bottom than you are to the top. But but they, they just poured into me and and now I, I I figured something out about three four years ago the the massive amount of content that I started to produce it really started to make me think of okay hey I'm not a salesperson anymore I really need to I really need to take this personal brand to the next level which allows me to be top of funnel and when people come into my wheelhouse, they, they see me on, on, on Instagram or on YouTube or my podcast, whatever it is, hear me on this podcast, hear me on this show, watch me on this show, then, then they get to make a decision. They get to say, okay, you know what? I kind of like the guy, the crazy Indian guy who raves his hands all the time. I like his energy. Or, you know what? I'm not really feeling him because I don't like the fact that he wears a t-shirt and maybe wears a hoodie and he talks about investing in real estate. And either or is great because if you're not going to resonate with me at one point the true me is going to come out anyway so why don't we just get rid of that up front and because i figured that out like the pie's big enough we can all eat and truly i think other than investing into real estate what we were talking about a little while ago if you want to create wealth one of the best ways to do it is get other people more of what they want 
And so I'm um, I'm just playing in that game now. Like I have, you know, my cup's full. It's overflowing. It's time for me to give back. Well, it's interesting. I I uh, I was listening to some of your you know your content that you you have everywhere, and and very impressive. And I I, I do like your style. And uh, one of the thing that resonated with me um, was you know I got pulled aside at one point in time, maybe 15, 20 years ago, and I was managing at the time for a large box retailer before I got into real estate. And and um, pulled me and says, you know, Aaron, one thing you could work on, and we all look to work on things. And he says, um, is ready, aim, fire. And he says, you, you, you do more ready, fire, aim. And really, you know, maybe sit down and calculate things before you put things into place. And I'm, of course, D personality. I like to try different things and see if it sticks and, you know, all the rest of it. And I heard you, heard you speak on one of your, I don't know if it's a podcast or just uh, some information about yourself. And, and you brought up ready, fire, aim. And I was like, "Oh, I got to listen to this guy." <laughs> so tell That's me, awesome. tell me, tell me what that was all about. Tell me. Uh, yeah. Um, so ready, ready, fire, aim. Um, that all came about um, just just realizing that. Look, I'm a sports guy. Um, played a, played a lot of sports. Definitely, like just watched all the sports. But you know, football, hockey basketball, soccer are kind of the ones that I really relate to. Um, and speed generally wins in in those sports. If you look back in the last 20, 30 years, yeah, some would say defense wins championships, and it, and it definitely helps. But you'll you'll see, like, the, the, the guys and the gals that are, that are fast in these sports, the teams that are fast, they generally win. And in business, for me, it's the same thing. The, the faster you can do stuff – the quicker you'll get feedback and feedback from the people that really matter. Ah, like I, like I, I, I truly care about what my team thinks of me and what they say and what, how we're doing. But at the end of the day, it really matters what the client, the marketplace is saying. And so how do you get massive amount of feedback? Well, just continuously do things. Start firing. Start pulling the trigger. And I think, you know, look, someone's listening and watching and, and, and they're saying, what the heck are you guys talking about? You're supposed to always look before you leap. Or make sure that you aim and you see the target before you pull the trigger. Well, I'm here to tell you, here's what's worked for me. And, and for you, obviously, Aaron, it's worked very well for you that pull the trigger and pull it often. Why? Because you can aim and adjust along the way. It's going to be a lot easier to figure out if you're too far to the left, too far to the right. To, to, too far up, too far down, only by actually pulling the trigger. There's a massive sign above my head, actually, that says ready, fire, aim, just to remind us at all times, hey, keep pulling the trigger because we're not looking to be perfect. And so the next best thing after that is to move the needle ever so slightly every single day in the right direction. Yeah, with all the content you put out there, you're, you're obviously firing a lot. And this is this has got to take up a ton of your time. I, that's one thing I'm always curious about when I talk to people. I'm like, this man looks like he's got to be one of the busiest people I've ever seen. H how do you how do you manage it? Do, do you do you have time to to lead like a personal life too, or is it just all work all the time? Yeah, no, uh, uh, definitely. Um, so first and foremost, I mean, I appreciate the, 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 the kind words from both of you guys about the content because, you know, you put it out there, especially with a podcast that has no video sometimes. Mine does, but I know others don't where you speak into this mic. You don't know who's on the other side. And so when you get feedback and, 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 and uh, uh, someone tells you that, that it's resonating, it really means a lot. So thank you to you guys. Um, the one thing that 
people don't see on my content is is my personal life. I'm, I, I've been married now, coming up to actually 13 is my lucky number. So my wife told me, you better remember this year, uh, <laughs> in the next couple of years, uh, next couple of uh, uh, weeks, actually. I have two little boys, a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. I speak about them a lot, um, but uh, I don't really show them on the content. And, and that's just a personal, um, uh, uh, like our personal take on it, mine and my wife's, that we decided that we're not going to showcase and show them until they're ready. It's seven and five. My seven-year-old, you know, even if you take a picture of him, he wants to see it. He doesn't like if you show it to put it out in chat groups with the family and so we saw that earlier in him and my five-year-old I think is very like close to me he wants to be in every like if he was here right now in early pandemic in lockdown he was running into the videos naked like he just doesn't <laughs> care right um and so i said okay yeah maybe we'll hold off on him as well but if there's anyone who's going to take my seat i think it's going to be the five-year-old um but we just decided not to show them but i i kind of put my big rocks in place first and what in my schedule and what i mean by that is 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 all day sunday i'm off like if there's a massive fire I got to put out from a, a business perspective, I will um, on a Sunday. But I'm, I'm like from morning to night, I'm, I'm done. Maybe at around 9 p.m., I'll start to like I, I become maybe closer to 8 p.m. I'm not going to lie. It's probably closer to 8 p.m. on a Sunday. I, I become that caged animal like I'm ready to go again. Saturdays um, uh, after about 3 o'clock, shut down. So I come into the office maybe about 10 to 3 on a Saturday. Fridays, I, I try my best to get out of here around 5 o'clock, so I'm home by about 5.45, 6 p.m. And then Monday to Thursday, like, yeah, I'm here 13, 14 hours, right? Like, I usually get in around 7, 7.30. I'm probably here till, like, 9, 9.30. Sometimes I'm here only till maybe 7, but then I go home and I'm working till 11.30, midnight. But I put the big rocks in place first. Those are non-negotiable for me. I won't do an offer on a Sunday someone on my team will like I mean I have to take care of a massive fire because a client is livid about something I'll get on a call but yeah so that's how I th that's what I would recommend to people that's what I that's what's worked well for me I make sure that that's taken care of first for me that's pedestal stuff like like as long as my kids and my my family is good then I have to truly live in happiness you spoke about it earlier earlier Linus I mean for me success really means like leaving this place better than when I got here here right and and for me to do that I need to be filled you know I start every single morning the same way I remind myself how much I love myself and it's like like <laughs> I gotta tell I gotta fill myself because how am I ever gonna love you and love Yas and Nikki and Laura and Tyler and my kids and my wife like in my how am I able to give something that I haven't given to myself so I start there like I start my day there um, and 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 that's how you know, some would say, "Are you, is it balanced? No, it's not balanced. It's obviously, I mean, you could calculate the hours I just gave you, how much I work <laughs> and where I am. I mean, it's quite easy that it's not balanced. But I also understand that this is just the time of my life. I'm 39 years old. Um, it's This has been a massive dream of mine where I wanted to, I wanted to give back in a way that felt right for me. And this feels right right now. This might change in two, three years. We might be doing this podcast and I might say to you, yeah, man, I'm only working two hours a week. Why? Because I want to give everything to my kids, right? And give everything to my family. I just think it all comes back to self-awareness. I'm self-aware right now knowing that if I wasn't at Monday to Thursday, those 13 hours and on Saturday, I just wouldn't be happy and I don't think I would be good for my kids, good for my wife, good for my family because internally something would be missing. So I know I need to give that to myself first.
Yeah, and, and balance is a funny word because it doesn't mean like you're equally putting things on both planes or anything. It's making sure that you've got that balance that, like you said, self-awareness can, can bring you. You know what you need to balance yourself, right? I think that's more the important thing. I feel like self-awareness is becoming a bit of a theme in, in this show today too. It's, uh, it's great to talk definitely. to you about that. Yeah, man. And, and, and like when you spoke about just being busy, I mean, definitely very busy. There's a lot, lots going on in my life, but I have an amazing support team. Like they're just, I delegate a lot. It comes back to like, I, I haven't touched a computer in a little over three and a half years. I have not logged on to here in Toronto. You have uh, uh, an authenticator, a password on your phone. I don't even have that. I haven't been on MLS for over three years, and yet we still help a little over 650 buyers, sellers, and investors. Why? Because I know where I'm best. I don't write long emails. I, I put everything in a subject line. I ask my clients to put everything in a subject line like because it's going to psychologically make them not write much more, much so they write, get to the point. And most of the time, the reply back is, when can we get on a call? I'm a phone guy. I still am. There's a massive red phone behind me because that's where I started. <laughs> right? your it's just, phone? It, yeah. Well, we do call it the bat phone, actually. <laughs> um, but so I just delegate a lot. Sorry, Aaron. Yeah, no. So, do you do you literally, um, I guess, sell from your from your office there? I mean, that's something that I saw in there too. It's like I, all, everything's done right here. I sit here, and this may I make it happen. But obviously, through others, right? Yeah, for sure. So, so, so this this office that I'm in right now, this room that I'm in right now, it doubles down as my as my content slash podcast studio, but also my sales office. So there's a couple of boardrooms here. Uh, I apologize, a couple of whiteboards here, uh, a massive 75 inch TV, four cameras rolling. They're always up and running, um, and I do all my. So the process from my sales structure perspective is. The, the business comes in, inbound calls. I also have uh, what we call a real estate concierge. So I have my guy named Tyler. He's been with me for seven years. He makes 50 outbound calls a day to my clients, a little over 9,640 people that we've been cultivating. One of the 50 touches a year that we do, sorry, three of the 50 touches that we do is him going outbound. And he's just calling saying, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Client, did you need a plumber? Did you need an electrician? Did you need a landscaper, a handy woman, whatever it is, it's no charge for that. We'll go vet it out. Even if you're in Timbuktu, Saskatchewan, we will go vet it out for you. Did you need someone to a second set of eyes on your lease agreement? No. Great. Now that I have you on the phone, did you have an appetite possibly for an investment property? That's what his call is. Okay. But he leads with value first. Once somebody says yes, then I do the initial consultation right from this desk. The second after I'm done, the person's already okay to move forward with either a new build or a resale. It goes to my new build division. It then goes to or goes to my resale division. If the client says, well, it's just not right or I feel like it's not right for them, then we just stay in touch. So I'm able to do that all from here. So I haven't left the office for an appointment probably in about four years, coming up to maybe five years now, because I decided that I'm just gonna do everything from here. I mentioned the four or five cameras, those are always rolling, but I found a hack, and the hack is this. First and foremost, try to have, slowly but surely build a team. 
Okay, but put that aside because somebody's listening and saying, dude, I can't. I don't have the money for that right now. No problem. Start with doing a 30 to 40 minute recording because when you can do a 30 to 40 minute recording like we're doing right now, and if you two are nice of nice enough, you'll you'll hopefully give me the recording of this because what my team's going to do, and you could do this at home. You don't have to do it to the tune of 20 pieces a day. Who cares? 20 most people haven't done 20 pieces in a year so even if you can get to one a day you take that 30 minute 40 minute conversation but now because you have it on video you can do so much repurposing you can take three three minute little clips you can take out the audio put it out as a podcast you can take that audio put it into a software that spits out the whole transcription of what's said but now you have everything in the written words you can use that as a blog uh, a blog write-up you can put it on your website send it to your database you can take still images of the video now you have some some posts for Instagram go back to that full write-up that you had take little 140 characters put that out on Twitter as a tweet screenshot the tweet put that back on Instagram there is in a 30 to 40 minute conversation recorded on video a minimum of 12 to 15 pieces now imagine you stretched yourself you pushed yourself a little bit and you did that twice a month if you did that twice a month two out like it's literally an hour an hour and a half max of actual recording add another couple of hours of editing if you're gonna do it on your own or pay you know your niece who's probably 16 17 and she'll do this in her sleep or get on Fiverr like there's so many ways right um, you do that twice you have 30 pieces of content and now you have a post a day I love when you talk about your team, you actually name them as well. I, I, I have to say there's so many people that we talk to and they'll say like, you know, like my, you know, VP of this or this or that, they never actually say their names to me. Wow. What, what the feel I get about you is that your team is just so important. I think I, I think you said in a pot, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, that you like to hire people that are smarter than yourself. And, well, I, I, yeah. and I think that's an amazing policy, by the way, but also it, it shows that, you know, you do have that team that feels almost like a family. At least that's how it oh, comes across in a lot of your content. Oh, that, that means it really, really means a lot, man, even more than the kind words that you're saying about the content, because it's it, it, it's them like I'm, I'm literally, literally standing on the shoulders of giants like these guys and gals like they 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 believe in me um they have the faith that that you know i'm like some of it i'm making it up along the way and they know it because i've told them like i don't i haven't been where we're going guys like we're taking this to the world and i haven't been on the world stage yet and we haven't had twenty thousand people at 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 the uh, at, you know what used to be the air canada center but now the scotiabank center downtown toronto like we haven't been there yet and you know we were at a, a content video a media day a couple of days ago and we were at a, on a virtual stage but I was laughing with a, one of my videographers I was like like you understand that there's a good chance we're going to be at Wembley and that that holds a hundred thousand people and yeah I'm going to be on the stage and we're going to be inspiring people and like I'm not just smoking you know like I'm not just you know smoking something here and saying that like I truly truly believe it and and it's because of them it's because of the Yasses, the Laura's the Bobby's the, my business partner who's a just a gem he's an amazing amazing person and having a business partner is very very tough um, today's day and age back in the days whenever uh, but him and I are, are are just really on the same page um, but the team we we not only not only do I try to hire people that are smarter than me I hire only on attitude 
the skill, um, you know, everyone who's been hired here in it, it never the job that they're in right now was not what I hired them for. Like it just it always works out like that because I always tell them, look, just get on the bus. This bus is moving. We'll figure out your seat later. Chances are you're gonna change what you want to do in your life. I'm gonna try my best to reverse engineer it for you, Nikki. Like just get on the bus. We'll figure it out later. And it's all based on attitude. And you know, like that that, that going back to speed, right? Like I don't look at people's resumes because I know I've exaggerated on a resume before and I'm going to say 99% of people do like what are you going to tell me on your resume that you're not a good person so I don't really need the time to kind of read that what I am going to do is I'm going to bring you on and I'm going to tell you that we're going to date for a little bit let's date for a few months and if it works out great you're going to be here for the long term but if not let's both have the understanding that if you're not happy, then I'm not going to be happy. And if I'm not happy, you're not going to be happy. Let's just get started and let's figure out where this goes. But understand that we might not be together for a very long time. I picture you here for a while because your attitude is good. Because I'm always concerned about is, is Yas, one of my filmmakers, is he going to play nice in the sandbox with Steven? who's been here, who's my creative director, who's been here now for five years. But Laura, who is my VP, who's been here for, I think, eight years now, is she going to play nice with the new people? Are she going to go on some power trip, right? And so I'm always watching for that when it comes to my team, making sure that they're all going to play nice in the sandbox. We all don't have to sing Kumbaya every day, and we all don't need to be best friends, but we better, we better understand that we are a family and just like siblings. And I think there's a reason why I generally hire people with siblings that have siblings because you're going to fight. We're going we're, we're gonna to get in, uh, under each other's skin sometimes, and that's okay. Just like siblings, we might not talk for two days, but we still love each other, and that's kind of the motto around here. I got two questions, if you don't mind, and, uh, uh, sure. and I, I love the content you got. Um, I, one first, first question is you have, you have great people, and I, and I think that solves one of the issues that uh, many people – uh, have is they don't have great people behind them. But when they get the great person behind them or great group of people behind because they're building a team and, they, um, and they're putting some of those uh, measures in place, how does that conversation go with a client that's called you? You've talked to them about two different investment options. You got them onto one and you say, now, how does that, how does that conversation go to, to convince them that your team member is going to provide if, as good, if not better, services than you? Because they're going to say, Jazz, I want you, though. Right. I want yeah. you out there showing me the properties. Right. How does that how do you how are you able to hand that and hand that client over? So 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 definitely um, at the start of, of I'm going to say about 2000 and. 15 is when I started to give away um, all my resale stuff. Like when you said showings, for example, that's when mm -hmm. I kind of 2015, 2016 um, is when I stopped actually showing properties. And, and, and the conversation was quite simple. It was it was Aaron. Look, I want you to picture the process of 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 you buying a home or you listing your 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 property for sale very similar to kind of what what would happen if you were going to get surgery, okay? So I'm kind of the the I'm the surgeon and I have a lot of doctors and nurses around me. They're very qualified. In fact, in most aspects of the pro of the sale of your property, in most aspects of you finding a, a new home, they're actually better than I am. Hands down, they're a lot better than I am because they're they're more spe they specialize in in that 
uh, aspect of selling your property, in that aspect of helping you find a property. But I'm here. When it comes to negotiations, that's when you need the shark, and I'm the shark. That's why you, you and I are having a conversation even now. That's what happened 10 years ago when you purchased the property. No property would be will be sold or there's no way you will buy a property without the paperwork coming to my desk first, me signing off on it, and you and I having a conversation. With that said, Aaron, I do need to let you know, Jennifer Popo's been a realtor on our team for 20 years, like five years even before we started. She's amazing. In fact, I'm scared of... Uh, negotiating uh, uh, when I get in negotiations with her very capable but you have my cell number call me when you need to and I can tell you over you know maybe the year of, in 2016 maybe there's seven eight twelve people that it just that just didn't jive with now there's not even a client in my network that would ever expect me to show a property I, it's just not what I do and now in fact if somebody calls me and my clients hear these podcasts all the time because I send it to them um, like I'm the worst listing agent of all time now because I don't know what the process is anymore. Like I'm so far removed from that. However, what I'm good at is bringing in the business. So again, going back to that conversation of top of the funnel, my clients know, no, 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 we're not going to have Jazz list our property. We're going to have one of his agents because they're pre-selected. And our 50 agents, they know like, look, we get one bad review. That's okay. Two bad reviews. We're having a conversation. Three bad reviews. Look, something's just going on in your life. It's time to move on, right? Um, and so, and so, our guys are, our guys and our gals. I truly believe are sharks, and and so I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that I'm gonna match them with the right person. So I have two leadership roles, right? Kind of like like working really closely with me. My VP Laura Stewart, who handles all things new build. So a client will meet with me when it comes to a new build. They go through that 10-day cooling period slash 10-day due diligence period. They go right into Laura's hands, and she's one of the most patient people I know, walks everyone, all of our clients through that. When it comes to the resale side, they're going to deal with Bobby Pume. He's our director of team operations. He knows, you know what? Aaron's going to not work well with Jennifer for whatever reason, but he's going to hit it off with Cheyenne. Uh, Linus is not going to be good with Cheyenne. He's going to be perfect with Luke. And so we just kind of got that down to a, I'm not going to call it a, an exact science. It's that, it's that, it's that hybrid between the art, art and the science. We got it kind of figured out. Definitely. Before we finish off, because I feel like we could talk literally forever with you, Jazz. Um, I just have one qu one question for you. I, I again, we've we've taken a look at a lot of your content. There's one thing that stood out that is different than anything I've ever seen before. Tell me about Jazz's world. How did that start? <laughs> wow, um, I've never had anybody ask me that question. Um, it's really cool. Um, so I don't know if you watched the cartoon uh, back in the days, Bobby's World, based on Howie Mandel. Yep. Yes. Uh, I used to, it was one of my favorite cartoons. Um, and so when we were thinking um, about personal brand, um, how do we differentiate who I am, who REC is, who the – what is this – where does the podcast fit? Where does all the content fit? We came up with, okay, you know what? 
uh, like we're gonna we're gonna call this jazz's world. We're gonna go with the branding of jazz's world and let's draw it out on a whiteboard. What is in jazz's world? Well, jazz's world is he has a passion on uh, about sales. He ha- he loves to speak with entrepreneurs and 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 he he he, he is a real estate investor um, and likes to talk about investing into real estate. However, when a client wants to speak to me about investing into real estate. That's when they'll, after talking to me in Jazz's world, they'll then speak to an REC representative. (laughs) That's amazing. And I got to tell you too, I think to add to it, I think my wife has always subconsciously told me that I'm always in my own world. And so that (laughs) has something to do with it. She planted the seed. (laughs) She planted that seed. (laughs) Well, again, Jazz. Thanks so much for having this conversation with us. But before we like start signing off on the show, it, how can people get in touch with Jazz if they want to start that kind of funnel, the pipeline, getting into investing in real estate and they're looking for someone to do it? Well, I really appreciate that, guys. Um, I was really here to just serve today, um, but I do appreciate the ability to to, to, to have people get in touch with me. Um, I think the easiest place is the one-stop shop to Jazz's World on my website. It's jazztakar.ca, J-A-S-T-A-K-H-A-R.ca, and flirt around. I have tons of guides for salespeople. They're all free. I have tons of guides for, for investors, all free, nothing to sell, um, unless you're thinking about investing in to Toronto real estate. I might be able to help with that um, if it's a match. And um, But just go flirt around the site, see what you like, download all the guides. If you're an investor and you want to use your cousin Charlie, go ahead, that's okay. And if you're a salesperson and you want to, I want you to take everything, rip it apart, like literally rip it off, do like imitate assimilate and then innovate like some of the things some of those guides i have for salespeople, they're like it's it's been passed on right like we all know the saying success leaves clues um and so and so take it and then make it your own right at the start i would suggest you know after actually doing it and testing it yourself uh then change it up and innovate but just take it it's all there it's at it's at that one-stop shop my website and I can't recommend strongly enough Jazz's podcast. If you if you like what you're listening to now, you're going to love what Jazz does. So check out his website. All the stuff will be there for that. He's got it in video format as well as a lot of any, any sort of podcasting service that, you could, that you'd probably subscribe to anywhere, uh, including this show too. So if, if, if you like this show, subscribe to us wherever you find your podcast online. We're going to be there too. Jazz is going to be there. Don't forget to leave reviews. Start that conversation with us. Leave comments. We love talking to people about the stuff that we talk about. You can also check out our website, livingthedream.show. You can check out or listen to any of uh, our content that we do as well. And you can also head over to our YouTube channel, youtube.livingthedream.show. And you can watch all these podcasts and all the ones we've done in the past on demand. So if you'd like to get in touch with us, the best way to do that is just send us an email, podcast at livingthedream.show. Again, Jazz, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a blast. Aaron, thanks as always. Everybody else, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Have a great week.